0: Now it's time for Inspirational Women, and my guest, Marisa Reichhardt, an author of young adult books, and her latest is A Shot at Normal. Marisa is the mom of a teen daughter just entering college, and her husband is a public school teacher. So she has some very personal experiences that qualify her well for writing for her audience, which really is all of us. Marisa Reichhardt, good morning. Thank you so greatly for being with us this morning. Good
1: morning. It's so great to be here.
0: Thanks for having me. Well, I'm the one who is really thankful. I'm grateful to you for the work that you're doing. And in particular, I'm holding my hand, uh, your newest book, A Shot at Normal. And it is, it's such an incredible story. And I love the fact that, of course, it is a a young adult novel. So certainly geared for uh, this Uh, age group. But the thing with young adults, and even with children's books, I find, adults, we have a lot to learn and, uh, you know, be able to have good conversations from with these books, and particularly with A Shot at Normal, because it is, if nothing else, just so relevant for our times.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for saying that. Um, I agree. I think that young adult books while they're you know primarily for teen readers, I do think that they have the potential to open up so many wonderful conversations that parents and grandparents um, and caretakers can have with their teens about things that are going on. and it gives them sort of a safe space to explore things as well.
0: and explore is really. Uh... A perfect word here, because you actually began writing this book because books take more than a couple of months to write, right? Isn't that correct? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. I I would love if it only took a couple of months for me to write a book, but I've yet to to uh, get there yet. <laughs> so, the,
0: so the book was in process prior to the pandemic, prior to all the, this fury and flurry around COVID?
1: Yes, it was. We, um, I actually came up with the idea for this book in 2018. Um, I dra- drafted it in 2019, and we finished up copy edits, which is sort of the last thing that you do with edits, um, in March of 2020, about two weeks after the lockdown happened. So it was kind of surreal to release this book in February of 2021, um, a book about a teenage girl who fights her parents for the right to be vaccinated in the midst of a global vaccination effort for COVID. So the timing was um, really interesting and also exciting.
0: And so what was your impetus for that gave you the idea to even begin writing A Shot at Normal?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a a topic that I've always had felt strongly about. Um, Certainly, conversations around vaccination um, and hesitancy and misinformation isn't anything new. I think it's just more at the forefront now due to COVID. But I was seeing people that I knew who were making the choice not to vaccinate their babies. And at the time I had, my daughter was older and was participating in a variety of, of things, public school being one of them, sleep camp, sports, um, all things that required a proof of vaccination. And so I started thinking about it from a teen perspective like, well, what would that, what's that going to look like when those babies are teenagers and, you know, the age that my daughter is and wants to participate in these things that my daughter is participating in and maybe won't be able to because of the lack of vaccination. And, you know, would there, those kids be resentful? Would they um, be angry? You know, what would those conversations look like? And that, you know, the idea of just writing about a teenager who was, um, Exploring something like that really piqued my interest.
0: So, as you wrote, uh, Marisa, did it? Did you have some experiences, or was this all merely speculation as to how it might unfold?
1: So, I mean, I had, I did definitely went on the research, um, hole, and I and I don't even really, I mean. I almost don't like calling what, you know, I don't like calling what you do online necessarily research. I think that's part of what's gotten us into this mess around um, vaccination and misinformation. But I I guess I was more of a, um, a lurker in some of these discussion groups and, and Facebook pages and just sort of checking out the conversations that were being had. Um, and so, it, yeah, I mean, it was all, it was fictional. It, it the seed of it came from, like I said, people that I actually um saw in my own life making these decisions. But I feel like you know, the 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 basis of this book is, is something that's very typical, right? I think it's very natural for teenagers to question their parents when they reach a certain age. Like that's where I feel like you find out your parents aren't perfect and maybe they don't know everything. I mean, I remember how I felt when I realized my mom wasn't perfect and didn't know everything. It was bittersweet. I was, it was kind of cool because I realized there was something I knew that she didn't, but it was also sort of made me sort of sad um, because you realize maybe they're not who you can always lean on and depend on because maybe they don't know everything. And sometimes you have to figure things out for yourself. So I felt like young adult was the perfect place to explore somebody who's realizing that she really does not agree with her parents on something very, very big. Because I think, you know, it's one thing to be like, hey, my, you know, my parents always have Thousand Island dressing and I decided I like ranch dressing. I wish they had that in the house. It's quite different when you start looking at things, you know, more morally, politically, religiously and realizing that you have huge gaps of difference with your parents on these things.
0: And so a shot at normal really, I feel you really presented in such a balanced way, uh, which I really admired because, you I was really seeing both sides and I could feel my temperature rise and you know and get tightness in my chest because of some of the things that were being said. So uh, what that you're very talented at being able to you. you know really see all these perspectives and present it in, in such a way that's so readable.
1: Yeah I mean I think that there's sort of a something happening out there where the villainization sort of anti-vaxxers and you know a lot of the ones particularly parents um and it is not just anti-vax like someone that has vaccine hesitancy they're coming out of a place of love being parents and wanting to do the best thing for their children so as a parent myself that was that was a headspace that I absolutely understood it's just that you know what makes me feel like I'm doing my job of what I need to do as a parent and the best choices to protect my child would be to vaccinate her. So, um, but, it, but it wasn't difficult for me to be able to synthesize with where these parents were coming from and how difficult it had to have been when something that the, a belief that they hold on to so firmly and that they feel is so much a part of, of who they are and feeling like their daughter is just shutting the door on that, um, how much that would hurt. And so, you know, I mean, I'm a, I've been the parent of a teenager, so I, a teenage girl, so I know, I know how it can be very challenging. It can hurt your feelings sometimes. So,
0: and your husband is a, a school teacher, so there's that aspect of uh, vaccinations and in, in public schools and being in public spaces.
1: Yes, yes. Um, he, you know, was lucky because he was a public school teacher. So he was in that, that for one of those earlier tiers of being able to be vaccinated for the COVID vaccine. Um, but it definitely, you know, I think that while it's measles that are addressed in a shot at normal, I think that the conversation around it hasn't shifted that much. The lens of what we're looking at the book through since COVID has changed a little. Um, but it's definitely for me shifted in ways of realizing how much I'm personally affected, you know, by having a husband who's a public school teacher going into the classroom and the dangers and risks that that uh, presents and, Thankfully, he's a high school teacher, so the majority of kids at the school where he teaches has been vaccinated uh, because they are in that age range, and we live in a community where there's a high vaccination rate. Um, I certainly sympathize with elementary school teachers who are teaching kids that don't have the choice of vaccination yet, or their parents don't have the choice of it yet. And I think you know, teachers care so much about their students and. but they're still like putting themselves at risk in ways that I wish they didn't have
0: to. Oh yes, absolutely. And, and if only that were the major part of it is, uh, is the age, but again, it's gotten so impassioned and uh, just so much anger and, and uh, well, just misinformation bantered around yeah. that is uh, making this so much more difficult and challenging than we experienced. I think just generally in the past, and certainly, you know, as we see through the lens of a shot at normal.
1: Yeah, I I agree. Um, it, it, it's 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 frustrating to see what's happening um, because I feel like so much of it is based on misinformation and I, you just want to be able to find a way for everybody to be able to come to the table, but there's, there still is so much anger, that it's difficult to do that. It's a challenge.
0: And it's so much uh, taking misinformation. Of course, I guess, you know, it comes from the point, well, why should I think that what you have is fact where, and you don't mm-hmm. think what I have, but I, it just seems when I see some of the misinformation or hear it more so, uh, it just makes my mind kind of, you know, go into, uh, you know, reverberation. I don't, I can't comprehend. <laughs> hmm.
1: Yeah, no, I feel the same way. Um, it's, it is a little bit mind blowing. Sometimes some of the stuff that's out there, um, you know, microchips and um, all, you know, DNA shifting. And <laughs> it's, it's amazing what um, people come up with, but I mean, they're good at what they do, I guess. I mean, they're, they're, they're drawing people into this and it's, I think that the best way to combat that is to just keep getting the scientists and the doctors and epidemiologists out in front of people and letting them know the truth.
0: And and having an open mind, you know, like one of the arguments being, well, you know, that's not what they said, you know, a, a week ago or a month ago. And allowing for how things change, because this is really so very new. And, you know, it, it, right, it keeps changing, maybe even daily, as scientists find more information, and, and we just live that much more life.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that's what science is. I mean, you, you, you have the answer until you don't have it anymore. Um, and, And it's constantly shifting and changing. And I think that's what's so interesting about it is that, they have the openness to to finding the changes but if you it, what we're seeing in society is you tell people one thing and then they grasp onto that and then that's it you know right
0: so we have an opportunity when we have books like this a shot at normal for kids to be reading it for classroom discussion in families, to read it and discuss this, and and look at it, so that to have a conversation rather than all the anger and just digging our heels in and and not wanting to hear a different point of view.
1: I agree, and I've had a lot of people come to me and tell me that they've had conversations around the dinner table about this book, and um, you know, grandparents who read it before giving it to their grandchildren, and vice versa, and. I, I, I love that about young adult. Um, I love the opportunity that's there for those kinds of discussions. And I'm really honored to have written a book that I feel is, is such a conversation starter because it really does try to show both sides. And I think that that's important.
0: And... All of that comes up within the uh, book. You have the the teenager, the young kids, the parents, the grandparents, having all the mm-hmm. generations really engaged in th- the different perspectives and uh, having a chance to discuss people's reactions and, and why they're having them and what we might do if we were in that situation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I love writing parents in my books. I think um, sometimes they're shadow figures and young adults. And I understand that too. I mean, these are books that are for teenagers, but for me, my parent, you know, I, my mom was very, very much a part of my teenage years and um, both for good and bad. And so I feel always an obligation to um, include those relationships and then having the grandparents be able to come in and have a point of view that's different from that of their son and sort of be able to be a, a support and a spokesperson. I don't know if that's quite the right word for um, Juniper, my teenage protagonist. I think that that's something that's maybe not always expected to see the older generation come in to um, defend uh, the younger generation to the parents um, that are kind of somewhere there in the middle. And so I really loved writing the grandparents in this book. They they were, I really, really love the grandma. I really <laughs> love Mimi in this book. She's a lot of fun.
0: Oh, yes. Yes. She's a, a wonderful support and, um, and, and we can feel for her, I think, with, you know, having the position that she stands in and, you know, mm-hmm. wondering about her her son's, you know, tirade with her. My thought was, you know, sometimes we just have issues that we need to heal before we can really start, you know, pushing some of the agenda onto each other.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um Yeah. And I think, you know, there's probably a part of Mimi that thinks What did I do, right? Because this is that parents have a tendency to do that. Where did I go wrong? What? How did? How did you know my son get so far off the track? Is this my fault? Is this something I did? Is this something that I taught? Um, And so I think that she feels an extra responsibility to Juniper for like feeling a responsibility for her son.
0: Right, and I and I think with grandparents, I know when I look at my parents. When they had their grandchildren, it was so much different. It was they were at liberty, I guess, to be a haven for them and to spoil Mm -hmm. them. Whereas with me and with my brother, well, you know, there was a harder (laughs) line that we had to toe. Still rules. Yes. Yes. Exactly.
1: (laughs) No rules at grandma's house. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But it gives us this opportunity for important. It brings perspectives. I guess that's it. That That is really important in all of this conversation. And to grapple with um, rights and freedoms and age and how all that factors in and why in some cases 16 is just fine for permissions and other times it's not. Why is 18 the age? Why is 21 an age for things? It, yeah, all of that comes in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Again, I think it came a lot from a a place of being the mom of a teenager and realizing, well, we're we're really selling this generation short. I mean, they, from what I've found, are one of the most engaged generations. They're passionate about so much. They really do um, have an understanding of so much. They're being exposed to so many um, things. And I think you know, we're doing them a disservice by thinking that they're incapable of making some of these bigger decisions. Because from what I've seen, um, they're more capable than some of the adults out there.
0: Yes, and have uh, maybe a more honest vision because they don't have Mm -hmm. a lot of baggage bringing them to this place and and seeing things more clearly.
1: Yeah, and I think too, I mean, they have something at stake here. I know from, for, again, I did bring up my daughter again, she's a freshman in college, and she spent, you know, junior and senior year mostly at home online. And the thing that kind of allowed her to be able to go to college and have a more typical college experience was the fact when they opened up the vaccine to her age group. And now she's in DC. She's living in a dorm, she's attending classes in person, and she's doing great. And I think um, how wonderful that this came along for her and that she also knew absolutely, I want to do this because I feel like it's a way to get back, get my life back in a safer way. Mm
0: -hmm. And we see that happening in. a shot at normal with Juniper of just uh, normal feeling like I, I want to be able to to be where other kids my age are and go to a school and that sort of thing. So it's just, um, yeah, it, I, again, the book leads us down these pathways of uh, really having a better understanding
1: yeah, I think the, the really um, fun thing about Juniper was because she's not vaccinated, she's not able to attend public school in California where you have to show proof of vaccination. And so she brings uh, to, to the forefront some of those typical things that we take for granted, and I think the timing of the book is so interesting because I think that the things that she's saying she wants to do—go to a Friday night football game, go to a school dance, um, have a locker in the hallway—she's got this obsession with wanting to go to school cafeteria. <laughs> you know, um, she thinks that's where the action happens because she's seen a movie with it. But I think that it was interesting timing because when suddenly you have this whole generation of high schoolers that were home. They also were realizing I shouldn't have been taking typical things for granted. They were no longer in school in person. They didn't get a prom. They didn't get an in-school graduation, um, in-person graduation. And and so I think there's something really special and tender about that to remind people um, don't take things for granted, like even just how nice it is to go to the grocery store sometimes. So I think that's really cool about Juniper.
0: Yes. And to to experience the world through her eyes, it was almost the feeling of being a teenager again. So thank you for that, Marisa. (laughs)
1: Thank you. I I love to write about them. so.
0: So here we do have this opportunity for what is a very... Current and important conversation um, about vaccinations. We, I don't know that we would have thought it would have been to the height that it is. We, you know, say even two years ago, which would have been just pre-pandemic, that uh, this is where we would find ourselves. But it certainly uh, is something that we have to to face and discuss and see how we could do it in in calmer, more rational ter- tones and and to understand my big thing is I, I want to do this for the greater good. Greater good doesn't seem to necessarily fall into the general conversation uh, a lot of the mm-hmm. time, does it?
1: I, yeah, I would agree with you. And I think that that's one of the more frustrating aspects is like when did we Uh, when did we only start caring about her ourselves and and that's the thing that's great about juniper is that's so much in the conversation i mean she she contracts the measles she passes it on to somebody who's too young to have been vaccinated and there's tragic results from that and and she ends up feeling like in questioning her role in public health and what is her responsibility here um to protect others around her not just herself but you know her siblings other children that can't be vaccinated yet because they're too young um, or, you know, people that can't be vaccinated for medical reasons. And I think that that's um, something that I would love to see talked about more, that it's not just about you. It's about the person that's standing next to you that you don't even know that's a total stranger who might be going home to um, a a grandmother that's living with them that's going through chemotherapy. Um, It's just, I just think just a little more empathy would be a really great way to open up these conversations.
0: Yes. And certainly by sharing stories like this is, is a great way to do it. And, um, and, and maybe then it'll lead to other ways that we can engage each other in other conversations without reacting angrily.
1: Yes, I agree. There's there's so many different topics outside of vaccination that could be better worked out if we could all just be a little bit calmer.
0: So you say that you are hearing from people who have been talking about the book at their dinner table. So there's uh, there's more going on. I. I hope that schools are using or looking to use it as uh, their reading list material this year?
1: Um, Yeah, I don't always know which schools uh, or classrooms are using my books, but um, I'm hoping that it's on reading lists, uh, some summer reading lists. It did come out just this year. Sometimes it takes a little longer for books to find people. Um, but certainly, I've had good support from librarians, school librarians. So I, I do think that it's getting into the hands of people at
0: school, which is definitely a critical place for it. And what about your Absolutely. your daughter? I'm sure she read the book. Um, she did not read the book. Oh, okay, mom wrote this book, so I'll wait. Uh,
1: yeah, I think. Um, yeah. She's extremely supportive, but I think there's a part of her that um, is a little bit uncomfortable with reading something that mom wrote about teenagers. I don't know. She's, she's, she's read my other books, but she just took a little longer to get to them. So I'm certain that she will
0: read it. But uh-huh. yeah. And maybe this is just really too current that uh, she may feel. What, fear for some reason that she's going to find herself in it? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I
1: will say she was really fantastic. Um, This was the one book that I wrote when she was in high school. Uh, The other book, she was a little bit younger. So this was one where I did bounce a lot of stuff off of her. And she did have ideas about things, and um, you know what Juniper should wear to the school dance, and um, some of the jokes that are in it, and things like that. So she she was definitely more participatory in the creative process of this one, and that was really fun. So maybe that's it. She knows so much about it that she felt like she didn't need to read it. <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> and, and I got a real kick out of of some of those things. It was just it was fun to read, and it and. While not fun, it was just really good to read uh, about the interaction with the parents, their point of view, um, and really having her per- portrayed as the very confident, determined young woman that she was, and others showed that appreciation about, you know, how how solid she was as a person, even then a boyfriend. So I think that is a really great message to put across to not want to conform to what everybody else in the crowd is doing, but really know your own heart and mind.
1: I agree. I agree. And and what's so interesting about Juniper is a lot of the reasons of why she has that kind of confidence and and is so self-assured. Is because of the way that she was raised and the, some of the things that her parents taught her, um, made her this, you know, gave her this ability to look outside of the box and, and um, make these kinds of decisions and question authority. And I just think she's an amazing character. She was really fun to write. I miss her. I would love to spend some time with her. Um, but I feel like that about all of my characters. They all feel like my own children in many ways. Um, but she did make me very proud.
0: Well, maybe there will be a book where she comes in as a character again.
1: I would love that. I would love to revisit her in some way. That would be really fun.
0: Well, maybe her voice will come to you somehow and do that, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) She definitely came
1: to me. I mean, this was the book, the one book that I had where she she came to me first. I felt like I had this character that was, like, shaking me by the shoulders and saying, tell my story. Mm. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if she came back because she came in the first place so strong and confident.
0: I love to hear that from authors, from you, saying <laughs> that that's the case where the character is so strong and, and uh, insistent, I guess. Yes,
1: yeah. insistence is a perfect word,
0: yes. <laughs> and and I did really appreciate this book. I I really believe it's one that uh, everyone should be reading because it's such a good source of conversation by taking ourselves out of it so we maybe we can be a little more objective in having this really important contemporary conversation because it's affecting our lives so much.
1: Yeah, thank you for saying that. And I I really do hope that this book finds its way to many readers and creates lots of conversations.
0: So uh, your local bookstore, find your local favorite bookstore, get a copy, see it at the library too. That's a a good option. And uh, Marisa, let's mention a website where people can get more details about your other books and everything else that's going on.
1: Absolutely. Um, It's marisareichardt.com, M-A-R-I-S-A-R-E-I-C-H-A-R-D-T.com. And that's got buy links for all my books, upcoming events, um, all kinds of good stuff.
0: That is terrific. And just be sure to take advantage of that. So, Marisa, thank you so greatly for the book, for your writing, for your sharing it with us this morning. Thank you so greatly.
1: Thank you so much for having me, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day.
0: That brings us to the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Marisa Reichardt and Sunday Morning Magazine with Wendy Sanford. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email K A T E D at warm1069.com and I'll get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast on our Warm 1069 webpage. Just click on the podcast tab, then either of the show names, and then look for the guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of time committed to learning more about our community, about the people,